Hello, welcome to Cannabis Marketing Live. I am your host, Jake Litke. Um, today we have Andrew McGram on, and I'm just going to read his bio out here because there's, there's a few things to cover. Uh, he is a founder at Canada Direct Mail, MBA graduate from USC Marshall School of Business. Andrew is a seasoned marketing executive who helps brands create impactful campaigns by leveraging the latest technologies and approaches. Andrew started his career in direct response advertising for Wonderman Thompson Agency. While there, he oversaw large-scale national direct mail campaigns for clients such as AT&T and DuPont. Andrew then spent over a decade in entertainment marketing, including roles as head of interactive marketing at Magnolia Pictures. They make some good films. Andrew brings extensive experience in direct mail, interactive, and branded acquisition strategies to cannabis marketing teams across the country. Okay, so now that we've got that covered, um, welcome. Um, I'm excited to talk to you today because... I am not a direct mail expert. Um, you know, we do digital marketing, we target people on their phones and desktops and whatnot. Um, but I'm excited to learn what you've been doing um, specifically for cannabis brands. And um, I'd kind of like to start out by asking you uh, why uh, you decided to do this um, as someone who has been in the cannabis space for a while um, and anyone else who is in the space, uh, there's a lot of challenges. And so, uh, yeah, why did you start doing it and kind of how did you get started and what were the initial hurdles you faced? Because um, there's always hurdles in cannabis um, in getting started. First off, Jake, thanks for having me on. Much appreciated. Um, I'm looking forward to this opportunity and having this talk with you. So as you talked about my background, I started in direct response advertising. So I had a, a pretty deep background in direct mail, um, then had extensive experience with digital marketing at Magnolia Pictures. And... About um, five years ago, I really started paying attention to direct mail pieces I was getting in the mail. And I noticed a lot for big dot-com brands such as Casper and, and brands like that. And so I said, these guys can advertise everywhere they want, but they're using direct mail and it works for them as an ROI. So I said, well, why do I never see ads for cannabis companies? And so I looked into it. I spent about a year talking about initial hurdles. I had to figure out if it's legal. Would the USPS even mail ads for cannabis companies if it's federally not legal? Um, and so I kind of uh, overcame all those hurdles, figured out the legality, um, and then uh, launched the company. And to be honest, like right out of the gate, it was very successful. I, I mailed to, um, in that first year, much of Southern California multiple times. Um, and we were one of the early companies in this space and uh, really were able to um, have a lot of success. And um, it's kind of grown from there and it's been really exciting. That's great. Um, that's a that's an, somewhat of an anomaly for people to come <laughs> out, especially in marketing and, and have initial success. So yeah, um, I think that speaks to, to the channel and obviously your expertise. Now, you did direct mail for large companies in the past, so you had obviously some experience in terms of how you craft a message and what you put on it. Um, I get, you know, lots of mailers. There's still get value pack. Yep. <laughs> that, that doesn't seem to ever go away. Um, yeah. or pack. Um, how did that, like, what were the types of tactics that you had seen when working with large brands that you immediately brought over in terms of best practices for someone who wants to send stuff to people's house? So um, a couple of things. One is um, don't bury the offer. Uh, make it 
and the and the kind of key messaging. Make it large, make it impactful, um, make it on both sides of the piece. So you basically, like anything, you have a couple of seconds to get somebody's attention. Um, in addition, uh, making the size of the mailer significant, so it's hopefully larger than other pieces of mail that people are getting. So it's something where immediately they're going to pull it out of their mailbox and, and look at it. And that's why um, we really guide our, our customers to go for kind of a larger format, which is a four and a quarter by 10 and a half. So it'll be larger than bills. It won't get hidden in the mail. Um, it'll be like on a nice thick piece of paper. It has a glossy finish. Um, and it and we encourage our customers to use um, appropriate like imagery of product shots and um, making it very clear it's for cannabis using um, the term cannabis and making it kind of large and a part of it. Um, you don't want to be um, in a, kind of a general mailing uh, too discreet. You want people to, to see this, recognize it, see the offer and then act. Yeah, that makes sense. Are there, um, when it comes to, and I, I'm going to translate a lot of the stuff that I know from digital. Yeah. Uh, offers certainly make a big impact. Um, yep. So, and we've even found because we run you know hundreds of campaigns, we see some differences uh, just on the offer specifically itself, on the engagement on a you know fifteen versus twenty versus thirty versus whatever crazy discount people are people are coming yep. up with. Um, have you seen uh, enough data to to give people guidance on if you're going to do an offer, what's an appropriate you know buy one get one for a penny or a percentage that seems to get better engagement than others? Yeah, um, it definitely kind of depends on uh, the area and the level of competition around your store. Um, so if you're in a super competitive market, um, you're going to have to have a stronger offer. Um, if uh, you're in a, maybe a, a more rural area um, with not a lot of stores, uh, you can get away with a lower offer. But definitely it, the ones that seem to work the best are um, percentage offs. Um, whether that's kind of as low as uh, 15 and we have people that go up to 40 percent um, for especially like a new new customer. Um, but, yeah, that's that's kind of the framework. Um, we've had people that try to do like a free, you know, free joint or those kinds of things um, or very like low monetary amounts off. And and those do not have the same level of engagement. Um, kind of a free joint is is almost worthless um and uh and, and customers kind of know that and recognize that okay that makes sense all right so let's talk about targeting right you've got a very there's a very real cost to putting something in the mail printing it yep. all of that it's a little bit different than like stitch yeah. ad on digital there's no real physical cost to it so yep. you can you know you can put out a lot more of them um from a ROAS perspective so what are the the techniques that you use and, and work with your advertisers on in terms of who do we want to target um, and who's going to be more likely to engage? So um, cannabis use is very broad across various demos, um, which is a good thing. So we can try a lot of different tactics um, and there's direct mail lists for anything that you can imagine. Um, one of our most successful tactics is uh, we have a data partner that provides um, 21 plus uh, cannabis users lists. And so they go out once a quarter, determine cannabis use in the past 60 days through a survey. And then 
model those people to a broader population matching about 1700 attributes. Um, we've had a lot of success with this. This is very similar to a lookalike profile that would be done in digital space. Um, and this data also can be used in digital campaigns. And so we've had a lot of success with this. People are verified to be 21 plus um, through government data, which is, is key as well. Um, another tactic is we can look at first party data and build custom lists for customers. We can um, look at um, their top performing customers and, and build lists off of those people. And in addition, there's just thousands of lists you can you can use outside of those things. Um, I have a client right now that's mailing um, around retirement communities in New Jersey and doing 55 plus mailings in around those spaces. Um, senior citizens is the fastest growing cannabis segment right now. Um, in addition, we've done Spanish language creative directed um, to Spanish speakers. We've um, uh, done new movers. So if you're a dispensary, um, you yep. get a new mover into your, into your community, that's a, that's a key person. You want to get that person before they go to another store. Um, we've done mailings in the medicinal market around um, people with chronic conditions. Um, and that's been successful as well. Um, and then we've also done mailings. Um, there's a, a great high performing list for heavy video game users, people that are very active in this, the alignment between obviously video game users and cannabis use is very, very high. Um, and so that, that actually performed really well too. So there's a number of opportunities, um, to, to work with that I, I really would at some point like to get a customer to to go after soccer moms with like a very specific creative in that space with edibles or or drinks. Um, Cause I think like that could be kind of something exciting and, and something that would work well that nobody's tried yet. Yeah. Maybe that'll calm down the soccer parent uh, <laughs> friction that happens. <laughs> yes, mellow them out. <laughs> oh, no, it's just a game. It's going to be okay. <laughs> and they're only eight years old. It's not a big deal. Yes. Um, so you mentioned first party data. Um, what does that mean exactly? So obviously people, uh, dispensaries get different amounts of data from their customers. Some people are mm -hmm. collecting, depending on the state and what the what the rules are and what they're collecting. Um, sometimes people have addresses, but frequently they're just going to have like an email address mm -hmm. or phone number. How does that work if you just have email addresses? So, so our data partner can match email address, phone number to a physical address. Um, with a very high success rate. Yeah. So that's that's kind of our process. Um, and uh, we're very lucky to to have a good partner in that space that's that's able to do that. Yeah, you mentioned the retirement communities, uh, the city I live in Walnut Creek and in Walnut Creek and um, in California, uh, this city doesn't have any dispensaries. Um, mm -hmm. And the uh, there's a, a retirement community. It's rather large. It's called Rossmore. Yep. And the uh, the Rossmore Cannabis community is actually suing the city right now um, to get them to allow cannabis licenses because um, okay. the they don't really want to do delivery very much and they don't necessarily want to drive out yeah. to one of the surrounding areas. Um, it's definitely, um, it, it's a big community for sure. Yep. No, it is. And and we've had a lot of success with it. And you know, and it, it's a group where direct mail works very well. Um, they're, they're used to it. They've, you know, they've been um, experiencing direct mail messages for their lot, their entire lives. Um, and, um, they're very responsive to, to coupons and offers too. So. And, um, what, 
what's the breakdown for your clients in terms of how many people are, you know, putting a QR code or URL with a specific offer related to it versus um, people actually just walking into the dispensary with with the card? I'm kind of I'd like say, the breakdown online versus offline. Yeah, I'd say um, about uh, it's right now maybe 50 50. Um, a lot of people like to collect them in stores um, and kind of measure it that way. Um, but then uh, there's also a number of clients that are using QR codes and measuring web traffic and, and pre-orders um, or delivery customers that are um, just engaging with a, their delivery service online. Um, so it just kind of varies, but we, we see both tactics. Um, and we can also look at first party data, match it to the mailing list um, to, to see who came in during a 60 day window after the mailing. Oh, so you can do like a post campaign, um, look at like what the POS system and say yep. these people came in and we know we sent them mail. Yep. Yep. And then we can see um, kind of what those people were, were buying um, and then build custom lists off of that going into the future. Say this, this is a, um, a valuable customer, they're spending a lot of money, this group of people, let's build lists off of those people. Or these people are coming in and buying flour or vapes, and we can kind of have customers tailor messages to, to kind of those lookalike profiles too. So um, there's probably there's probably a range that you see of, of ROAS, right? So for us, you know, dispensaries very much care about how many dollars are putting out, how many dollars are getting in. Mm -hmm. You know, we can see digital campaigns on average kind of somewhere around the five axis. It goes up and down depending on what's, what else is happening. But yep. do you have a range that you kind of publicly speak to when you're talking to a new advertiser of, this is what we tend to see on the low end and the high end, uh, you know, for the dollars end versus orders driven. Yeah, it, it's definitely similar to, to what you mentioned in that five ish area. Um, and, and we know that we're, you know, competing against um, uh, not just other direct mail companies, but um, all other types of advertising mediums out there. Um, so we make an effort to really keep our costs down. Um, and we use our economies of scale of, of printing and um, techniques to kind of limit um, postage costs to really make sure that it's a competitive vehicle compared to other tactics out there. So does that mean basically you get economies of scale because you're uh, kind of operating at a bulk level and then the individual yeah. advertisers are getting the benefit of that? Yes. Yeah. And that We're applies to the printing and the mailing? Yeah, yeah printing and then um, and mailing as well, yeah. What is the turnaround time on, let's say I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go. Let's do a campaign. Let, and let's just assume that the creative process itself just happens. That, mm -hmm. That's sometimes the biggest delay in a campaign is getting yes. the creative done. Let's, that's kind of out of, yep. uh, or do you do that for them? So um, we uh, do for some clients, most people um, have their own uh, design teams in-house or that they're working with on other creatives. So I'd, I'd say it's about 90 something percent are submitting their own creative to us. All right, but we so help guide them, guide them in terms of the process, what it should look like, um, uh, placement of things, offers, that those kinds of things. All right, so let's say I've got my creative ready to go. I come to you. Um, and I say, oh, I want to send these, I want to send out mailers. Mm 
-hmm. I'm assuming there's a intermediate conversation of, well, who do you want to send them to? How, how big yeah. of a radius? Um, let's just say I've opened a new dispensary, the first one in Walnut Creek that doesn't exist. Um, mm -hmm. And I come in, I don't know anything about mailing. Like, what are the first kind of steps you walk me through in terms of um, helping me be, be successful? Yep. So we we look at your store locations. We figure out what kind of list you want to mail to first and what kind of mailer you want to send. We look at your store locations and then um, our minimum quantity is 10,000 mailers. So we'll tell you what radius it is to hit those 10,000. And then um, we'll give you a sense of um, how you can scale it beyond that and what that would look like. Um, and then um, we'll walk you through the creative process. You'll submit that to us and we'll turn around the data for you. Um, we'll turn around the proof in about 24 hours and that's what we're actually gonna go to print with. And then from that point to being in homes is depending on where it is roughly about three weeks. Uh, could be as little as two weeks. Um, and it's we're kind of beholden to the USPS and their schedule and how they deliver mail. Um, and seasonally, there's there's impacts there. Um, but it, it's roughly about three weeks. Um, but we we have a lot of rush campaigns. I'm sure that you do too. It's cannabis phases. <laughs> yeah. There's some groups that plan really far in advance and other ones are like, we got to hit this in like two weeks and, you know, we can do it. We we can move real fast if, you know, if, if need be, um, and the stars align and, and we can get things in homes pretty quickly. Okay, great. I'm going to, we have, um, I'm going to ask some of these questions. We do have some questions coming in. I'm just kind of, kind of bring them in in line as they come up. Um, cool. we've got a question from Naima, Naima, not sure how to pronounce his name, but, um, for direct consumer mailer are using cold traffic or targeting people who've purchased before. So this gets into segmenting coming from the dispensary itself. Yep. Yeah. People, and is I have to ask you this question first, which yep. is, we frequently have people that come to the table with some preconceived notions about what they want to do, and sometimes those are they're incorrect just because they don't have experience in in that particular category. Um. So yeah, let's walk walk me through how you uh, approach segmenting the mailers. So you're saying if we are um, kind of like just going out to a, a, a new set of customers or I, I think the question is, well, I said cold traffic, which I guess yeah. would just be everyone and we're not really doing that. But I, there's a question about purchasers, right? So yeah. like, do you have um, and do you have instances where you send something different to existing or okay. past purchasers versus someone yeah. who has never been a customer? Yeah, so our recommendation um, for um, kind of interacting with existing customers is to actually send a different type of mailer. So we prefer to send a folded piece. So the outside would be um, pretty generic. We'll just have um, a logo. There'll be um, a little bit of a tab on top. It's not folded completely in half. Um, and that tab will have the offer on it, some kind of, um, some kind of CTA. And then inside will be the broader messaging. The reason we do that is um, not all of your customers uh, live in homes where everybody knows that they're going to cannabis shops. And so you don't want to piss people off. Um, and so it's like a more discreet way to, to interact with these people. Um, and we've had a lot of success with this kind of mailing. It, it costs a little bit more than 
um, kind of our um, approach where we're just doing the four and a quarters by 10 and a halfs because it's a little bit more involved. Um, but uh, it, they performed really well and it definitely helps um, avoid any uncomfortable situations with your existing customers where they might be getting pissed off that you're sending something to their home. Right. So you need to um, maybe include some plausible deniability in the, uh, I don't know why we got this. Just, you know, they must be mailing them to everyone. Yeah. 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 All right. We have another question specifically about QR code tracking. Yeah. And the question is, do you do dynamic QR codes? Uh, And I think what the question is, is like, is it possible to print a unique code on each mailer so that you know who was sent to? Is that possible? Yes, you, you can you can do all of that. Um, when we're using um, our data partner and they're kind of matching the send list to the POS system, um, you know that works in the same fashion too. So, so just to be clear, let's say I've got uh, I'm doing a ten thousand mailers. Yeah, I can effectively have ten thousand different URLs in the QR code. Yeah, variable uh, printing. It it adds to the cost of the piece, but yes, there's variable printing you can do. Okay, um, that that gets pretty granular. Then, then you can yeah. you know if someone clicks on it, you know that you know this address um, is the one that engaged with the mailer. Yep. Now, um, how do you do like sequential messaging in the sense that how many of your advertisers are sending something? every month, every couple of weeks, once a quarter. Um, what's a what's a common frequency? Uh, it really depends on uh, the client. So I have uh, delivery customers that um, will um, kind of do a mailing every two weeks, um, but they're hitting different areas and they, they service a large area. So if you're kind of, if you're trying to target the very, like same population, um, we would recommend you space those out um, by probably like once a quarter. Um, but if you're in a dense area, um, you can. There's a the list is very robust and large, and so you can you can mail for the cannabis users list. So you can mail um, definitely like every every two weeks or every month, and not hit the same people twice with a pretty like reasonable budget. Yeah. Uh, in terms of scale, you mentioned 10,000 pieces is the minimum. Yeah. Um, what would you say the average size is? And then I'm kind of just curious about what the largest one that you've ever done is in terms of like one large batch. Yeah. So um, I'd say the average is in like the like 25 to 30 K range. Um and then largest is in like the hundreds of thousands at once. Um, and and you do get savings for something like that. Um, and then we also have clients that um, will plan things out ahead of time. Um, so for the next couple of quarters and they'll commit and they'll say, we're gonna print 250,000, 500,000 today um, and then, um, you know, just send this batch this month and this batch this month. Um, and so if you're printing everything at the same time, that's where you really get like good volume savings. Um, oh, so you can print the whole batch at once. Yep. 
then yeah. kind of bank them and and, and then yeah. change your mind um, yeah. on what you want on the mailer. Yeah, that way. Yeah, but we do. I mean, especially with like large MSOs where they're really um, you know doing annual budgets and um, kind of uh, a little bit more forward thinking and, and kind of know what what they're able to spend over um, the remainder of the year. They're able to to do that process. Okay, and be okay with it. That makes sense. Um, we've got a question here about how do you personalize if you print in bulk? We mentioned that you've got variable printing for the QR codes. We also talked about maybe wanting to keep things somewhat anonymous. Do you yeah. have any customers that are putting like someone's name on the mailer? Like, hey, Bob, you know, we love you. Come back or. Uh, not actually on the mailer itself, um, in terms of like, Hey Bob, but it'll be, um, kind of in the address section addressed to, to a person. Um, and, and we have, uh, you know, some customers that, that don't want to do that and just keep it generic, like uh, resident or whatever, um, in, in the address box. Um, but you know that maybe can provide some cover for you that you this is a we're verifying this is a 21 plus person that's receiving the mail um so um you know there there might be some advantages around that uh with cannabis con control boards great um got another question here from from uh, chad arendelle it's a name i haven't seen in a while we used to work together at a mobile ad network like okay a while back um <laughs> he's asking uh does protected health information, PHI compliance, play a role in how you're able to target? I know, especially in states that are medical only, there's, I, I think there's some slightly different opinions on it, but one could argue that's a medical customer. How do you deal with that? Yeah, so um, we've done some uh, campaigns for uh, kind of medicinal only uh, customers, and we've done um, some campaigns for uh their existing customer base. And so we have to abide by HIPAA rules with something like that. Um, so we actually use um, a printer that uh, is um, is HIPAA verified and um, has secure data transfer so that all their information is protected. Um, but yes, that, that does come into play, especially if you're dealing with their first party data, which is their actual patients. Yeah. Do you ever run into situations where um, people just choose to not use their first party data because they're, um, you know, concerned from a legal perspective or some other, I mean, they, maybe they just like, oh, I don't like doing that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And we, we have a number of customers that, that like aren't comfortable sharing that information. Um, and um, honestly, like the, just the, our general 21 plus cannabis user list performs extremely well. Um, and so it's it's not even required. It's just nice to have and and you'll get slightly better you'll get better response, but um, you uh, you'll still get a very strong response just with the kind of more general 21 plus cannabis user list that's not modeled off of first party data. Okay. So um, we talked a little bit about ROAS, but just yeah. from a sort of high level aggregate data perspective, what is a percentage of engagement rate for a mailer, um, either online or walking in? Yeah, so it can be um, as high as 10%. Um, so it, it can be a really effective tactic that that definitely you know rivals a lot of other advertising mediums out there. Um, and yeah, we've we have clients that 
are uh, just kind of blown away with the initial response and and then kind of bring us into their um, kind of annual marketing budget and and, uh, and then we're doing ads every two weeks. Okay, great. Um, and I now I want to talk a little bit about um, and and we talked about this in the past and and we haven't really executed this. We have the technical capabilities to do it. Um, this this particular topic is something we've been talking to our advertisers about. Um, there's two big categories for us as a business. One is getting cannabis companies to go more into the video section of of um, advertising. There's a lot of opportunity there. It's a less yep. crowded space. We do now have channels that will take cannabis ads, but it's yep. been a struggle to get um, advertisers. I think there's some there's a little bit of an uphill battle in terms of getting the videos produced. Mm -hmm. um, it's not as easy as just getting a banner, although you can make pretty simple CTV ads. Um, yep. But back on topic, the other thing is combining the combination of the physical direct mail with a with a digital campaign, right? Because yep. we we work with the same data partner that you do for some of our yep. audiences. And so there's a Rosetta Stone there. Of yep. You've got a customer, you're going to send them something in the mail, you know, we can do a similar thing, which is, you know, be sending display ads or video ads to the same household, yeah. either, you know, before, during, and after a campaign to support it. Yeah. Um, I know that, uh, I think we've talked about it a little bit. Have you um, had interest from any of your advertisers when you start to bring up the, the concept? I think so. And I think this is going to be the year that, that we were able to really like take that to the, to the next level. Um, because everything should be connected. Um, and it makes sense. I mean, we're, we're both using the same data provider. Um, and um, obviously, you know, there's a bit more cost that goes into sending direct mail pieces. Um, and so, you know, we can do initial wave, bring people in, um, and you can do follow-ups with either the people that didn't come in or the people that did come in. Um, and send kind of test different unique messages for those people to try to to motivate them to either come back or come in the first time. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Do you uh, now your name is Canon Direct Mail, so it's obviously right on on the canvas <laughs> button. But, uh, do you find because for us one of the things we found is um, you know we work with agencies a lot um, that need help you know supporting cannabis. They they get a client because someone they know opened a dispensary. Um, and they come to us with, you know, uh, cannabis clients. But then yep. the next question is, oh, we have these other clients. It's like a auto repair place or a bank or a restaurant or these other yep. types of marketers. Um, and we absolutely, it's the same machine, right? We can we can run campaigns for anything. Have you um, have you run any stuff for non-cannabis clients that have come in um, at all? Yes, um, a few uh, kind of uh, local businesses we've we've done campaigns for, um, and then kind of a, another um, area that we've been focusing in is is another somewhat regulated industry around ketamine treatment facilities, um, and that's been a big push for us, and will continue to be for this year. Um, and so that we try to focus on regulated industries um, where. Um, you know, we have expertise and um, and we can provide great value. And so for ketamine treatment facilities, same kind of process, but it's it's more aligned with the medicinal um, space for cannabis where there's HIPAA rules involved um, and you have to just kind of be careful about uh, patient confidentiality. Uh, but 
we're able to target very specific lists. There's great lists for that around um, people that you know may display um, anxiety or depression or targeting um, veterans for PTSD. Um, so there's a lot of kind of avenues that we can we can explore there too. Yeah, I'm curious, a little bit of a sidebar, but yeah. um, the ketamine treatment industry as a whole, I don't know a ton about it. Um, is it uh, only in certain states? Uh, how large is that market? I mean, what what is what does that look like? Um, it, we've done campaigns in in a number of states. It's it's pretty broad. Um, it's it's considered um, kind of an off label treatment. So basically, it ketamine is a, a, a drug that's used um, in medical procedures all the time. Um, but this is an off label application. Um, but I've actually uh, gone into a um, facility here in Los Angeles, and it's a full medical facility. Um, they have an anesthesiologist that's administering it. Um, and um, it's uh, it feels like you're going into a doctor's office. Um, and um, the ins some insurance pays for it, but not a lot. Um, so it is a very expensive um, treatment. Um, and so our customers um, are always seeking people over 100K household income. Um, and, uh, but yeah, it's been, it's been successful so far and, and a nice kind of offshoot. Um, we, we aren't focusing on anything else in the psychedelic space, um, because, um, it, it's, uh, very questionable about the legality of, of those things. Um, so we're just, we're, we try to keep it somewhat safe with what we do. Yeah. Um, are there any other ways that you've worked with your dispenser back on the cannabis side or yeah. dispens dispensary customers to help them better leverage the because you're, you're helping them with first party data right and once yep. you start using first party data that opens up some new thinking and strategies um what are some of the other ways if any that you're helping like with making people be aware of what they can do with their first party data yeah, so I think uh, one avenue is is this year really working with people like Media Gel and and kind of combining efforts and and um, showing that you know we can we can use this data to to build lookalike profiles and then um, uh, do direct mail campaigns or digital campaigns. Um, we can really um, segment well, so we you can spend, send specific messages for. Um, the soccer moms that might be buying more of the edibles and drinks um, or uh, the younger consumer that um, might be um, more interested in flour. Um, you can uh, do different deals for um, people that are kind of heavy users versus people, someone that's a lighter user. So there's a, there's a lot of avenues to explore um, kind of once you dig into your data and, and figure out um, kind of how you can how you can reach those people efficiently. Do, do people ever use the same sort of mailer creative um, for like doing uh, bag inserts? Is that a thing? Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, I had a client recently um, that, and I think this is fairly common in cannabis where, you know, they'll have a successful small business, um, whether that's a pizza chain or whatever. Um, and then they're, they open a, cannabis store. Um, and so I have a customer in Illinois that, um, they, we 
did some flyers. Um, they did a mailing and then um, I, we had some left over because it's never a precise science. You're not printing exactly what they need. There's um, always a, a bit of an overrun. And then we sent those to them to insert into their um, uh, pizza deliveries. Um, so they, they were driving people from uh, their, their pizza customers to their cannabis store. Um, and then there's another approach that we're doing where we're essentially helping uh, dispensaries monetize kind of that real estate that they have in dispensary bags for non-cannabis brands. Um, so it's kind of another thing where I, I saw with .com, um, you'll get a .com package and, and there'll be inserts in there for, for other brand partners um, who are paying for that real estate. Um, and so I, you know, you go to a dispensary and you'll, you'll get flyers for cannabis brands, things that they cover or for the, the store themselves. Um, but I hadn't seen any ads for say Carl's Jr. or whatever um, in a dispensary bag. Um, so I actually have uh, a number of partners lined up and um, we're going to be launching it in the next coming months. And so basically we're going to sell that ad inventory in their dispensary bags for non-cannabis brands. Um, so uh, it's a things like, yeah, things like fast food, things like video games. Um, you know, the, the, cha the challenge with that um, is that uh, there's obviously like a big stigma around cannabis and um some brands can kind of get scared about working um, with cannabis brands, but there's enough, it's, it's uh, going away in a number of places and people are getting more comfortable with it and experimenting with doing special campaigns or products around 420 is like a big thing that you see out there. Um, so there are a number of big companies that are interested in kind of reaching this market. And these are customers that are most likely gonna be consuming cannabis pretty soon after getting that bag and you're getting a message to them for order a pizza or get a burger or use Postmates or whatever. Um, and it's a, a very captive targeted audience that that can work really well. Um, and then I've also partnered with a, a street team company in LA and we're um, going to be doing initiative uh, in the next month where we have a large streamer that's already signed up to um, basically building like a, a mini booklet for a series that they have going on. And um, we're, we have cannabis brand partners that are coming in and they're going to help distribute some of these booklets in their dispensary bags um, in turn for some kind of free real estate in uh, this booklet that's going to be with street teams outside of LA for the course of a month being handed out to about 20,000 to 50,000 people. So there's there's a lot of interesting partnerships that can kind of happen in this space um and um there are people that are kind of now exploring ways to kind of all work together and and it's exciting yeah we have a lot of conversations with our advertisers about um trying to remember that your cannabis consumer that you're so focused on that they consume cannabis has a whole rich life outside of cannabis and they yep. prioritize all kinds of different activities and lots of different interests. Yep. Finding the way where the, the way where those intersect um, can be a, a pretty powerful strategy. Yeah. Yeah. And we just think this is a great way. We, we know, you know, in some markets in particular, it's, it's hard out there for cannabis companies. And this is a way to, to really like have an additional revenue stream coming in 
to your store um and um and also like you know make giving your customers relevant offers so it's you know it's not going to be just a bunch of trash it's like things that are highly connected to to kind of the synergies of of a cannabis consumer and x brand um and and providing like a a real value with the with the offer yeah have you seen um because frequently we'll drive uh we'll drive traffic for cannabis companies especially d2c ones um to educational material right because there's still a big education gap um with lots of people about what cannabis is how it works which kind of what, what you should or shouldn't be doing um how often are your advertisers trying to include some level of educational tidbits in the mailer at all is that a thing that happens uh that that definitely is um and um they'll you know can talk about uh kind of the effects of of different strains or whatever um and it does exist. I'd say most customers um, are really um, kind of more generic with the messaging. And it's more about like just getting somebody in the store with a very kind of strong offer um, and not crowding the piece with too much text. It's really just like throw it out there and, and make it large and in their face and then get people in. And then you can kind of educate um, customers when they come into the store. Okay. Um, I'm going to, I'm bouncing around here. So yeah. bear with me. Um, back to the dynamic printing or variable printing. Let's say I want to do, you know, 20,000 mailers and I have five different segments. I've got like a senior segment, gamer segment, um, you know, power user <laughs> segment. Yep. Um, am I able to take the 20,000 mailers and break that up into like five different creative executions and then send those to different people. Yeah, for sure. Oh, you can. That's an easy one then. Try <laughs> <laughs> oh, to come up with harder questions. Um, we do have, I answered some of the questions for anyone that's at least in zoom, you can uh, ask questions in the Q and a um, maybe we can figure out some hard questions for Andrew. Cause he seems to have easy answers for all of, all of my <laughs> questions. Um, all right. So uh, I'll ask a little bit more about um, things that you have seen that have been very successful, right? Uh, what are some examples of campaigns that you've run that are really kind of the top tier, they've knocked it out of the park? And in that cohort of campaigns, are there some common threads of the types of creative or the offers uh, that you would, you know, that people could use for inspiration. Yeah. So when we when we're first think onboarding a customer, we'll send them creative examples of, of past campaigns that we we like and we think that that, that have performed well, but also um, look good and and kind of check all the boxes. Um, kind of went through some of this, but it's just you know making it big, impactful, easy to read, both sides of the piece is key. So. You know, you don't want somebody that just quickly glances at one side of uh, a piece and doesn't know what it's for, Im like immediately. They, they have to really, and so um, we really like hammer that home with our clients that it needs to be very clear on both sides, what you're selling um, and what the offer is and what you want people to do with this mailer. Um, 
Another thing is uh, the the imagery that people use. Um, we we use like a nice UV coating on it, so it has like a very kind of like uh, glossy, shiny appearance. Um, so images really like pop and they look good. Um, and so you need to um, really kind of find whether it's a assortment of product shots um, or um, like a beautiful shot of a flower or, or what have you, but something that really like takes advantage of that um, helps a lot with engagement and, and kind of uh, uh, getting people to interact with the ad. Um, and yeah, that's, that's basically it. Um, we, you know, our, our worst performing campaigns are when um, somebody just kind of we say, oh, you should make these changes like this. I, we don't think that this is really going to check the boxes or for some reason you left all this blank space and you don't really need to do that. Um, or um, the colors aren't really flowing together. Um, like we'll help you figure this out. Um, and then some people are just like, oh, no, no, we're just going to send it like it is. Um, and then the offers buried and it's small to read. Um, and, and those don't perform well. So it's, you know, we tried to guide people as much as possible. You're going to spend X amount of money just on uh, getting these things into a home. It's like you want to make sure that you make the best impression when you're there. Yeah, let's um, let's talk about spend X amount of money. Yeah. Uh, what is uh, you don't have to get into specifics, but yeah, general range. What are people looking at on a price per piece or how yeah i'm sure you price it, that's how you price it but yep. um, what's someone getting into if they want to do a minimum order of ten thousand mailers uh what does that look like so um the cost is around 61 cents a home all in um for ten thousand homes um at one creative and so it's sixty one hundred dollars um and that's for the four and a quarter by ten and a half inch mailer um costs kind of vary. I mean, you can do a smaller piece. Um, you can do pieces on um, that, that 16 point paper. So it's thicker paper. You could do mailings on thinner paper that saves you a little bit of money. Um, you can do pieces without the UV coating that saves you a little bit of money. Um, you could do pieces that are half the size that'll save you a fair amount of money. Um, we have some clients that um, will do saturation mailings. So essentially um, that's where you're not really, you, you're not using the 21 plus cannabis use list, um, but you're essentially mailing to every home along a postal route. And the reason that that's cheaper is because um, the postage is just a lot cheaper for something like that. Um, but those can be very effective, especially around, um, you know, new store openings. Um, cannabis use is pretty broad um, and our approach for that to provide some degree of targeting is we'll look at um, zip codes and we have data that shows us cannabis use at the, at the zip code level from a company called Distillery. And um, we're able to um, kind of find the right areas to mail around uh, your dispensary with, um, with, with, with some data that'll give us a clue. Um, and um, you know, that that's worked well also, um, the way we make sure that those are 21 plus is the census does an annual survey called the American Community Survey, and that gives you age composition for a zip code. Um, mm -hmm. And so um, 
in states that require it to be 21 plus 100 percent you can't do this tactic but if they say it's um you know 85 percent or whatever 21 plus you're able to figure out areas that kind of can can meet that so yeah um we have you know different rules in different states i mean yep. there's literally thousands of laws just in the u.s um around digital advertising we have, um, you can show in the, for digital, you can show different things in different states from the creative perspective. Like, so some states, you can show a picture of flower in a digital ad, others you can't. Almost nobody wants you to show pictures of consumption. Um, and sometimes you can use product photography yeah. and sometimes you can't. Yeah. Um, how does that vary or is it not covered? Is it kind of like a free for all or from the actual imagery you can use? Yeah, so same rules that would apply to other advertising tactics would apply to direct mail. To be honest, direct mail is not specifically like called out in a lot of rules. Um, uh, we just go by the guidelines of other um, kind of advertising tactics. Um, but yeah, in terms of um, kind of avoiding uh, certain imagery, for the most part, we've a lot of states where we've been fine with showing flower and product shots. Um, it's, you know, kind of the, the more like basic things of like nothing appealing to children, which could be anything from like a, you know, cartoon type character or whatever. Um, um, or, you know, some states have even had issues with certain fonts that, you know, that people use. Um, uh, the other thing is just, um, a lot of states will have specific kind of, uh, warnings that need to be put on ads. Um, and so those can be there. Um, uh, we, encourage the uh, clients to always put this offers for people 21 plus, even if we're sending to a 21 plus person, just as a, uh, just to cover yourselves. Um, uh, the other thing is uh, having kind of opt out messaging on there. So um, creating an email so people can uh, opt out of future mailings is another kind of uh, big thing to include there. And um, have you had and, examples? Oh, sorry. One more thing is like some states also don't allow couponing and offers. Okay. Yeah. So that's um, in mass in New York are big ones for that. Uh, so, um, you know, we, we do a lot of mailings there and we do them very successfully. Um, we have some customers um, that, you know, there's some workarounds. You're able to advert some the mass you're allowed to advertise pricing. So you can set as long as it's matching what's in the store. Um, so you can kind of advertise certain price and then match that in the store for everybody. But use that as kind of an incentive for people to come in. Um, you can um, give uh, offers for people in uh, loyalty programs. So you can encourage people to sign up for a loyalty program to get an offer. So there's kind of different workarounds and we, we help clients kind of achieve that. Do you run into, I know that we have to deal with in some specific states like Minnesota, Pennsylvania, Oma and Florida, um, they we actually have to get the, the creative concepts approved by the government agency prior yep. to, do you have to do the same thing? Yep. Yep. We've done that um, in Pennsylvania and they, and they approved it. So, yeah. and that was one, yeah, where, um, you know, it was medicinal and I think we were dealing with like the HIPAA rules there. So. Um, it was uh, a bit of work to navigate everything, um, but the the Pennsylvania Control Board had no issue with kind of a direct mail piece or that tactic or um, kind of yeah. our approach to to measuring twenty one plus or any of that stuff. 
Yeah, the bummer is when that person goes on vacation, though, which has happened to us, right? So <laughs> trying to run a campaign, they're like, oh, no backup. Like two weeks. You're like, yeah, where's the other person that can approve this? Oh, that's funny. I didn't, I didn't have that happen. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, there's never, never a shortage of surprises. I know, uh, and of course, I'm sure like alcohol companies aren't having to approve all their ads for this stuff. So it's like, yeah, it's insane. It's special treatment. <laughs> yeah. Um, what is an example of some potentially more creative things people have done with their mailers? Like, uh, can I do like a strawberry cough, scratch and sniff mailer, <laughs> or maybe one with like tear off crutches or like cutouts or what has anyone gotten creative like that? Yeah. So, um, we are actually working with a customer who's doing a scratch and sniff. Um, really? Yeah. I, I, I made that up. I thought that was not. Yeah, legitimately they're doing that um they are a uh a vape company and they wanted to so when we work with products um a lot of times we'll, we'll just encourage them to partner up with a dispensary and then we'll do the process of figuring out kind of an area around that dispensary and there'll be some kind of co-op relationship with them where they're um, kind of each contributing to the ad but yeah, they're they're gonna do a scratch and sniff ad, um, and uh, yeah, I'm, it's my first one, so <laughs> that I've what, done for. So Canada. are they like? Were they putting like terpenes in it, or is it like a raspberry? Like, what is it it's, actually? It's more fruity flavor. So my okay. recommendation to them was do not have this smell like cannabis because right. <laughs> we're still using a federal agency to deliver these pieces yeah. of mail. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's gonna. It's like you know, whatever, orange and strawberry and like Star that. Or Rex or yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, legitimately, they're doing a scratch and sniff, and I thought that's genius. It's a good way to stand out. Yeah. Um, any other examples of um, the creative things that people have done with the you know to make it stand out more? Like it's like weird shapes or. Um, you know, some people will do, we, we can do perforated coupons. So that's another aspect. Um, it just, it will add a little bit of cost. Um, you know, if, if you're, if you want to put coupons on where you're requiring people to either just bring the whole thing in or cut it out along a dotted line, like that's just the standard cost. But then when we have to start die cutting things, um, there is an added cost with that. Um, but, um, we do have customers that, that, that like that tactic, um, uh, and then, yeah, it's mainly like kind of the the most out there was just that the scratch and sniff. Um, a lot of the creativity is more about like kind of um, the placement of of uh, content, whether, um, you know, instead of like going everything across horizontal, using a very like large image that's going vertically, um, where we had a customer that used like a very like like large, beautiful shot of their flower. Um, that went vertical across the whole, you know, 10 and a half inches of the thing almost on one side, um, which was really like impactful and stands out. That's cool. Have you seen anyone do, I know that with some of the generative AI, you can now say, uh, this is my QR code and I want it to look like a snowy mountain or whatever it is. Okay. No, we have not had anybody. Yeah, no, I have not had anybody do that. Yeah. I'll recommend that though. I yeah. like that. I think that would, that, that would look cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, great. Well, um, we're running up on time here. Uh, we've answered some questions. If anyone has any last questions, uh, you know, speak now um, while we're wrapping up. Um, what is a good way for people to get a hold of you if they want to ask you questions or, or see if, um, you know, it would be a good fit? 
Yeah, so my email is andrew at canadirectmail.com. And our website is canadirectmail.com. Uh, two best ways. You can also find me on LinkedIn um, under my name, Andrew McGram. Um, I'm the only one. There's not a lot of McGrams out there. <laughs> no, there's not very many Lipkeys either. Although yeah. someone did connect with me with my exact name recently. It was like another Jake Litke. There oh, okay. Are, there's more than one of me out there. I'm uh, pretty much like directly related to, and know whoever is named McGram. <laughs> so, okay. So you will find me under Andrew McGram. I don't think there's another one on LinkedIn um, and you can just DM me. And I, I, you know, pride myself in um, turning things around very quickly and being super responsive and, and uh, you know, small business where we work long hours and, um, I, I, uh, each client is like vastly important to us, whether it's kind of the small mom and pop or it's the big MSO, we, we treat you guys all the same. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, we also have, you know, a, a range of customers, people that have yeah. one small store in a rural area, um, to, you know, large MSOs. So, yep. um, and I can attest to your responsiveness in, in the handful of email chains that we've, we've been on, uh, you're, you're Johnny on the spot with the responses. Yes. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks everyone for taking the time to listen to us talk about mail, which was an interesting topic for me. I learned a lot um, coming from a primarily digital background. Um, this has been a, a fun episode of uh, Cannabis Marketing Live. I'm Jake Litke, your host, uh, CEO of MediaGel. If you do have questions about digital advertising, uh, I can be found jake at mediagel.com. Pretty simple. Uh, once again, Andrew, thank you for your time. Yeah, thanks, Jake. Appreciate it. Thank you, everyone, for paying attention. Bye. Cheers.